people would ask me when I was growing up, you know, before this, you know, oh, you know, Barbie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would just tell them that I wanted to play sports. And they would tell me literally all the time, that's not what girls do. Joining us today on the We Share podcast, former D1 athlete and coach and current Idaho State representative, Barb Ehart. Welcome to the We Share podcast. I'm Julie. I'm Alex. We share ourselves and we provide a platform for others to share. We believe everyone has a purpose and a story to tell. And we're back in the podcast studio, and I am freezing this week in the middle of July, so I've got a blanket over my lap, which is pretty common for me. It is not freezing. Oh, I'm so cold today. I'm <laughs> it's like so 90 cold. outside. <laughs> it's all that air conditioning. Okay, let's jump in, because I'm so excited about having what I would consider a good friend, a mentor in some ways, and a fantastic legislator. We have Barb Ehart joining us today. She's a legislator in the state of Idaho, and she's done some amazing great things, and we just wanted to pick your brain today. So welcome, Barb. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, yep. you guys. We love, love to talk, talk about this topic. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So excited to have you in. And it's not just your time in the state legislature that we're going to focus on, because you've done so much more than that. You've just blessed the people of Idaho by giving this last little portion of your career into the state legislature. But let's start from the very, very beginning. From, I would assume, a very young age, you've been involved in sports. So give us that timeline. What did sports look like for you when you were young? Well, let me really give you the timeline. And that is, you know, I was born in the 60s, grew up in the 70s. And you have to understand that life was so different for someone like me growing up back then. My mom happened to have been a beautician. She loved having her little girl and her hair to play with. And all I wanted to do was go outside and play in the dirt. <laughs> it, it, was, um, it was a unique situation. And I loved sports from the beginning and I soon learned as as we started going along that I did not have the same opportunities as, as my brother and I would be in the backyard I would practice with him I would be I'd be his catcher you know for baseball we'd practice basketball I'd watch all of the Boston Celtics games and Red Arback used to come on at halftime and he'd give us basketball tips and I'd go out and practice every single one of them um, when I was in at elementary school at Hawthorne uh, Clay Murdoch who happens to be my treasure moved into the school and my neighborhood and his dad was coaching and they I mean I would play with the boys at recess and at lunch basketball and Clay's dad would give me all sorts of tips and um, you know again I didn't have the opportunities and and people would ask me when I was growing up you know before this you know oh you know Barbie what do you want to be when you grow up and I would just tell them that I wanted to play sports and they would tell me literally all the time that's not what girls do and so you know I just I just kept hanging on to my dreams, hoping that I would have that opportunity to play, looking like I wouldn't. But, um, you know, as, as life would have it, when I was eight years old, Title IX was signed in 1972. And, and I didn't realize then, but it would change my, you know, uh, the direction of my life. And so, you know, with that, I was able to play junior high, which I, I say that, which had been happening, but not everybody got to do that. And, of course, high school, and that led to uh, a college career at uh, North Idaho, where we 
we went to nationals and then, of course, a scholarship at Idaho State. And, you know, just the, I, you know, I, I'll tell you this too. I would, I would practice by going down to the rec center where, you know, I think games are all, but pickup games, uh, guys who had played college, you know, older guys, whatever. I was the only girl always. And, you know, it took a while to gain their respect, but I, I, I finally did. And, you know, you'd put your name up on the board until it was your turn to play or you could be picked up. And in the beginning, I was never picked up. I had to wait for my name to come up on the board, you know, with the teams that would lose before you. And then, and then it finally got to the point where they'd start picking me up and picking me up and having me come jump in the games with them. And, you know, it's just been, it's not been easy, but I, I it was okay. I never complained, you know, when we had to practice at 6 a.m. and at the, in the morning in junior high, literally 20, you know, degrees below zero walking to school. I never complained. I just wanted that opportunity at Idaho Falls High School. Some of our practices ended at 10 at night, and I never complained. I, I walked home all by myself. You know, it seemed like miles. It was, you know, less than a mile, but, you know, just and was so grateful for that opportunity to play. I think those those experiences just fuel a yeah. fire in you that then doesn't get put out. Right. I, right. I mean, I'm sure there's been times where people have tried to tamp down that fire, but it fuels a fire in you that just doesn't go away. Right. Well, and you're blazing trails because you're one of the first. And when mm-hmm. you're playing your passion, whatever the sport might be, yeah, it's what you love to do. So it does recharge your batteries. Completely. And I was just always so competitive. And it was just, as, as you know, it, sports is such an outlet for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm still kind of competitive, actually, very competitive. So I, I have to tamper that. I That's am, not a bad thing. Right? My mom pushed me into sports because I was like you. I was on my bike in the dirt hills, had a boy's short haircut, like when I was in kindergarten, looked like a tomboy. Yeah, I just was always going, going, and she's like, this girl has so much energy, and so she put me in every sport. Oh. Like, it was just... Yeah, give her something to do, and I loved it. And you loved it. I Mm -hmm. I I gotta tell you this. I I convinced my mom to let me try out for baseball when I was about mm, I don't know fourth grade, and and I tried out. And my brother was you know of course trying out because he played. And they used to have the uh, uh, tryouts, you know, little league tryout. And I did. I was picked up like third round. I was picked up early. I was excited. My mom came down, you know, to then pick me up after, and she it was all done. And she saw it was just me and all the boys. Whoop, that's it. Nope, we are not doing this. <laughs> My time on the baseball team ended the day it started. <laughs> so, oh, no. Because yep. the Little League World Series happens to be going on right now. Yes. And I just saw an interview with a girl who played last year in the championship game. She was the catcher. Yeah. Like, so look, even your first beginnings, <laughs> if you did not get to play, you were blazing trails. Yeah. Blazing trails. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes. My mother didn't see it that way, but it's okay. <laughs> I, no, they don't. They don't. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about your, your college basketball experience because you, I mean, I had a, a, a daughter who, who danced at the D1 level. Idaho State is D1 college basketball. So it's a different world. It is a full-time job and they expect things of you. So mm-hmm. just kind of like tell us all about that. You know, I, I gosh, I, 
the thing about being a collegiate athlete is as difficult as it may be, you know, your your time is very structured, which actually is a good thing as you go on through the rest of your life. But your time is very structured. Your uh, a lot of your time is is involved in team related activities or you know practice. But I'll I'll tell you this: the great thing about it is you have a built in set of friends when mm-hmm. you go to college that no one else has. You have a built in support system, a built in academic support system, and it's really when you look at it that way, it was just a wonderful thing. Something that as I first had gone to North Idaho, I mean, it, granted, it was still in Idaho. It might as well have been in you know California. I wasn't coming home; it was that far away. But oh my goodness, what just to to have those guys as my friends. You know, we would we would in the preseason just pick up you know games in the gym and you know be sweating and is hot and sticky and we'd run out the backside and just jump in Lake Coeur d'Alene and play oh. and then build a fire and just things that, that you campus. you know yeah you couldn't couldn't do otherwise but um, you know as we started to come together as a team that first year we were able to go to Senatobia for the NJCAA Nationals and you know just a, a unique experience to be on a team that achieves such a high level of success and almost had returned you know the following year um but the yes there's a lot expected i think the you know, one of the key parts of expectation is what you do on your own in the off season. And so, you know, from the moment the season ends until the moment it begins again, how willing are you uh, going to be committed to getting better? And I think that I think that's a part where I thrived because I love that part. I love that growing up. I would be out till you know ten, eleven at night where we didn't have lights in the backyard, but I was working on shooting. I, you know, I I would uh, dribble my basketball to school. Uh, I, you know. And, and so during the off season, I, I would have workouts either I made up or I'd get somebody that knew what they were doing to make them up, I, you know, listening uh, to what you could on the TV. So I was just, or, or like I say, going down to the rec center and, and many of the guys down there had played and they were happy at that point, you know, to help me. And so, but that my dream had always also been to play D1. And so, uh, you know, going junior college route was just fantastic. It kept that dream alive. And then that opportunity to play at Idaho State. And that was so unique for me because the gentleman for whom I played had asked me to stick around and be his graduate assistant. And that was kind of my in, except he left at the end of my senior year and he went back to his alma mater. And a year later, he offered me that job to become his assistant. And, and I joke that I was his assistant assistant, all right. I was his, uh, um, I was the youngest division one assistant in the nation, but I was the number one, number two, number three, secretary, go for manager, which just the yeah. two of us, you know, and, uh, but what, what an amazing experience. Our program was not very good, but we built that out from one of the worst division one programs in the country to nationally ranked first time NCAAs. And then, and then UCSB just went on a 20 year uh, winning streak known throughout women's basketball. And, but it was after about seven years that I had the opportunity to go to BYU and for me, being LDS, that was really exciting, and and uh, loved my time in in Provo. And you know, I, I had wanted to play for the Cougars, you know, growing up, but that didn't quite happen. So to go back and coach there, and you know, to be in the Marriott Center, um, it, it just it, even to be in that atmosphere for me was just pretty amazing. And and uh, you know, I was a finalist. Our head coach had uh, resigned as a finalist for that job, but didn't quite get it, and had that opportunity then to go and be a Red Cougar at Washington. State and that being in the Pac-10, I hate to call it the Pac, <clears throat> you know that yeah nowadays that they call it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and so and so to be in the Pac-10 with 
you know, these, you know, just name recognized institutions, UCLA, USC, Stanford. I mean, it was an amazing experience and, and mm. we had done well there also. So, it, you know, I just had some amazing stops along the way and then to finally become, go back to the Big West and become the head coach there at Cal State Fullerton was just, I, I don't know, it was like a dream come true that I didn't even know I had in the beginning. It was just, it's all I can say is it's been amazing. None of it was easy. I know when I was at UCSB, I mean, I barely made anything initially with a salary. If you were to compare my salary to Ben uh, Holland's salary, who now, oh, he sure. was the number one uh, assistant on the men's side. Then he, he's been, you know, the head coach at Pittsburgh and, mm-hmm. and uh, UCLA, and now I think he's at Mississippi State. And so, you know, I mean, it, it, that was night and day, but but we just keep forging forward and keep, you know, I'm very well aware of the path that those women who had forged, you know, before me and have always felt that it was incumbent on me to do the same for others. And, you know, you just put your head down, you work hard, you know, you, you try not to complain, but you raise enough of a voice that they recognize that, okay, things aren't quite right here. And, you know, but you do your part and things get better. And that's mm-hmm. how it always was. You know, I think uh, many times playing, we didn't even have uniforms or warm-ups so we had to wear the guys <laughs> you know we got their hand-me-downs and and though the, now everybody would just be what nowadays but back then I was just so happy oh look we have warm-ups you know and so oh it's just it things it, it I'm so passionate about it without getting to the other side but it's why I stick up for it why it's so important to me to make sure our women have opportunities moving forward yeah. I think it's also important to remember that all of these things that you've done lead to so many other people's success that you don't even probably True. recognize. One of them being your alma mater, Idaho State University. They have an amazing athletic director mm-hmm. right now. She's a female, Pauline Theranos, and she is she is doing work that I guarantee men wouldn't be able to accomplish right I, now. I coached her one year. Oh, I, wow. I coached her one year at Pocatello High School before I took the head coach. I mean, the um, before I moved to Santa Barbara to go with my head coach, I did one year of um, high school. Uh-huh. And so I had her. So yeah, it's kind oh, of fun. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. Real quick, compare coaching to playing. What's the biggest difference? Oh, man, I don't know if anything takes the place of playing. I I mean, just playing, it's... It's just such a unique thing and the creativity. I mean, you know, the things you work on. I was always about a little bit of showmanship because it was fun. And so my athletes, I, I wasn't one of those coaches. Oh, you just dribble straight down the court. And you know, I'm like, no, if you can do behind the back, between the legs, you know, spin and you can do it without turning the ball over and show me that it was part of what we should be doing. Do it, you know, bring the crowd to their feet. I always enjoy that, even even as a coach. But, but um, since you hit a point where you can't play anymore and so coaching fulfill some of that that drive that desire to compete and and then when you can not everybody that played can coach and when right. you find out that you can actually share that information with your with your kids you know that you're that are on your team and you can put it in such a way that it makes sense and you can design practices and plays and break things down you know to two on two three on three building up you know four and four five on five what you know whatever it is and then it works and and 
execute, you know, there's a different thrill about that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because, you know, sometimes even as a player, I, I recall some things we were talking about, we do this in this circumstance, that and that, like, what? Well, we're not, de-. you know, it just gets a little confusing. I think one of the things I've been very good at is breaking things down and building it back up in, do you know, where it's fairly easy to discern and, okay, we do this here, you know, this is, you know, what we're doing all the time, except this is where we make a tweak. You know, you have to make it understandable to the kids. And I think I'm, I think I've been very good at that. Well, I mean, what a perfect segue. What a perfect segue to what you've done in the legislature, which is to break it down to simple terms, scientific terms. And so people can go back to that common sense place of understanding fairness in women's and girls sports. So tell us all about that legislation that you've been active in. You know, the legislation really uh, came about, I suppose you might say that years ago it started when you started hearing about people being able to just identify as, uh, you know, whatever. And I I truly thought, boy, wait, just one day that's going to affect college sports when when scholarships are such a premium, the cost of college is so expensive, you know, why wouldn't a guy just identify for four years and, and get his, you know, education, know. you know, paid for? I truly thought that long before we entered into any of the situation that we have now. But as I watched what was happening with the Connecticut girls, and of course, I've met all those guys, Selena, you know, a gals rather <laughs> selena is now a friend of mine um you know and as as is chelsea mitchell well even alana uh, all of those three from connecticut that started this and as i was i started posting about it in 2018 and i know the other side the aclu and everyone has had to go back and you know they scrub your facebook for anything that they can find mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they want to use against you but you couldn't find that with mine it was pretty just clean and straight up even before i thought about anything legislatively it was just like this is wrong you know you're taking opportunities away from girls and women and it just talking about and playing title nine um um you know segments and and so but then i remember it was a sunday evening you know in august i, I guess actually that would have been about four years ago it was in 2018 and you know, i'm just walking around the neighborhood and just thinking and pondering and for whatever reason i was thinking about that and i literally was thinking why doesn't somebody do something about this you know why and it was just like a bolt of lightning it just hit me maybe it was because it was a sunday you know, it was just one of those uh, contemplating moments. But it hit me that I can do something about it. I, as a former uh, D1 player, D1 coach, as a legislator, I was in a position to do that. And right. that started my journey in like looking at the platform. Yeah. I had you the had platform. You set yourself up for that spot uh, yes and so when when the powers that be the other side want to say oh this is all about holding a certain group down and back it's, like, it's, not, it's not about that for me at all and I think that's why it went through and passed initially and why I've been able to help others is people knew from my background I had their credentials this was strictly about making sure that we continue to um, make sure that our girls and women had the opportunities that they deserved right, preserve you know? that like, yeah we worked so hard to get Yes. Get uniforms and all the things. <laughs> Let's keep them. Yes, we don't want to now turn back around and and give even more to our male counterparts. They still get more than we do, and now we're going to hold them up as the standard for girls and women's sports. It's absurd, and so, um, uh, you know, it, it it was almost like it was a meant to be moment, and so I believe that when people want me to testify it, when they bring it to their states, and it's it's not just because I'm a legislator, obviously. 
closely and I, I know this legislation inside and out, it's because of the background. Mm-hmm. No one else has this background. There's not another legislator out there that has, you know, a, a, a D1 coaching career and, and <clears throat> playing career like this. And so I'm able to speak to it from a position of authority and passion right. and as so many would say, I'm speaking my truth. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you but know. your truth is science based. That's sure. A, I, I, I obviously spend a lot of time talking about this in my other job. Alex has a daughter who mm-hmm. plays volleyball and mm-hmm. could be replaced by a boy who wanted to identify as a girl. So she has a personal stake into it. For me, it's there's two set concepts it's science and a child deserves an advocate. And we are we are removing the advocacy of girls if we don't address this. Well, we're in many ways. It's even more than that. We're removing women and girls. Period. Well, yeah, they're just taking gender away. That's yeah. how I feel. Like yeah. And and acting like it's it's not a big deal and oh it won't really happen. I'm telling you when you, <clears throat> when you look at the people like Megan Rapone Rapone I, I can never say Rapino yeah excuse mm-hmm. me thank you and she's advocating on the other side I think you know what a fool uh, that here you are advocating for something that you've already run up against and were beaten you know we we love to <clears throat> excuse me we love to point to the fact that the USA women's soccer team was crushed annihilated just by a 15-year-old boys AAU travel team that they played. That's fact, you know. And so, you know, I'd like to just tell Megan, you know, Megan, that's fine. You sing the song right now. But I guarantee you that if uh, a, a guy were going to try out in your position and take your spot, you would sing a different tune. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what has the fight been like? Have, have you had a lot of people come up against you and say things that – that were more like a personal attack versus an attack on the on the legislation or or is it like sports for you is it just a constant fuel and you just keep going yeah that's a really good question cuz i think it it's really both i <clears throat> people People seem free to share whatever thoughts that they want at whatever time they want in how whatever manner they want, and uh, uh, so those who don't agree with me, uh, you know, uh, have some nice things to say, and some of it will oftentimes be on social media. and And fortunately for me, one of the things that athletics taught me, especially coaching, is it thickened my skin, boy. And I'll tell you, being a legislator and bringing this kind of legislation, you definitely have to have thick skin. Uh, so. You know, that that's fine. But um, I think those that are pushing back are using emotion. And uh, I, I mean, I think I told you this before, too, though, Julie, when when I brought this initially to the legislature, both times on the hearing on the House side and the hearing on the Senate side, there were so many on the other side that had come out and and just. A, a, a different, a different kind of anger. You know, when it was when it was done, I, there were police. They had to surround me. I had someone jumping, like jumping at me, and the police stepped right in the way, yelling, you know, that you've got blood on your hands, <laughs> like. What? And oh yeah, I I had to have escorts. Um, you know, I was called off the house floor as as it was shared with me by the Idaho State Police that they had found. Other information, including the fact that I was being followed. Yeah, I mean, those things are a little disconcerting. And, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. what, like, followed here at the Capitol? Followed home? Where? You know, so, so, it, so in some ways, it has changed a portion of, you know, my life where I'm, uh, 
far more aware of my surroundings and, you know, uh, when I go out and about. And uh, But by the same token, what I've done has given courage to so many others because I'll tell you, everybody, everybody turned their attention on Idaho. If they could have stopped it in Idaho, if the NCAA would have followed through by the um, pushings of the ACLU and punished Idaho, we, we fought that so hard in the summer of 2020, uh, things might be different. But now we have 18 states that have signed uh, this legislation, 18 states. And, you know, gosh, it's been in, you know, another... 15, 20 states, and more will will be coming forward, and and so I, courage begets courage. That's right, that's really what I can say. You, and it started with it started with one, yeah. really started with our Connecticut girls, but right. then somebody having that courage to but say, hey, we need the to stop. Yep. to then take it to the yep. next level. Yeah, we need to stand up for that's what's like right. A great thing oh. for our listeners to hear is, yeah, one you're one being away from. Changing yeah. your life, one changing other people's life. One person can make a difference. You hear that all the time. I'm just one person. What can I do? You can do something. Can do Barb so is much. showing that to us. Yeah. You can do something when you work hard and it's fueled by passion. And it's. I have to add another thing to that. When it's for the right reasons. Right. The right. True. And when you're meant to do it. Like clearly you were meant to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually believe that. I do. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've talked to Barb above and beyond this podcast multiple times i know she believes she was led by a higher purpose Mm -hmm. to make this happen in our nation which is huge you should be so proud of that barb you really should Mm -hmm. well i am i i i actually am and and uh you know have other things that uh, you know planning to do and uh you know just we just we we lift where we stand right and then sometimes that lift where you stand platform enlarges and you do what you can for the time you can uh, I think it was John Wesley do all the good you can at all the times you can and all, for all the people you can at all the times you can forever as long as you can or something like right. that mm-hmm. and I like I love that yeah a good model to live by okay you do what so much more though and it was important to Alex she sent this to me I, was I like, like include yeah. the local stuff too. yeah she's got to <laughs> talk about her youth programs because you know like I just said you're one person but your youth programs you might be just saving one person's future by them being involved in those youth programs. So tell us about that. You know, that started shortly after I come back to Idaho Falls and working at uh, Club Apple and just started my, my camps, camps and clinics and uh, for, for the kids. And I, you know, I, the fact of the matter is I love kids. I don't think you can fake loving kids and then do programs for kids. And so <clears throat> I've had my basketball clinics going forever. I know that one of the reasons, I mean, I do know I have a name here in Idle Falls. You could say, you know, it's because of growing up here. Sure, it's because of the successes of my brother who is, you know, a star here. And sure, and, you know, certainly being at Apple where we see a lot of people, yeah, that's part of it. You know, obviously city council and legislature. But I'm, I'm telling you, I think one of the main reasons people know and those who love me, love me is because of my work with their kids. Mm -hmm. And just through the camps and clinics, I mean, literally thousands of kids through the years that I've had. And though it's about basketball, it's always so much more. One of the things, if you're there and you listen, we, I teach leadership. I teach, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea with the kids because, oh, you know, even when they're little, they all want to be a leader, but what does being a leader mean? And so we learned that before you can lead another, you have to lead yourself. 
You know, we learn things like that. We learn things that, um, uh, you know, the, the role that our parents, you know, play and the respect to our parents and our teachers, you know, how you look them in the eye, nod your head. Because I expect that when I'm out there and I'm working with them, look me in the eye, nod your head if you understand what I'm saying. We teach all sorts of small skill sets that I think are big. And when the kids come in, they want to talk to you before the, it starts. They want to hug. They want to high five. They you, they want to be acknowledged. And when you acknowledge the kids when you when and when a parent sees that you love their kids and you help them, uh, you help give them courage, confidence, whatever it may be, they love you for that. And then that doesn't even begin to touch on my traveling teams that I've had uh, for the years with <clears throat> with um, the kids that I, I had for years and years. I've, I've had many kids go on to play collegiately, you know, boys, lots of stories from that. Uh, in, in many ways, you know, as you guys know, I've never met nor married, so I don't have children, but I have, of course, my nieces and nephews, but I have tons of kids, rather they're the kids right. I've, you know, coached collegiately, these kids that uh, have been my team that actually have filled a void that I didn't even know was there, and all the little kids, you know, it's one thing, well, I can be walking anywhere, and a coachy, you know, yeah. <laughs> just right. down You've the hall. impacted more children by not, like, having children, probably, really. like, probably, because mm-hmm. you've been able to, like, be free to do all that. I and, think like, that's, that's true. A gift. I mean, yeah. yeah, honestly, I know that I have multiple times told different coaches for kids and even I love all the coaches I've had over the years, but told them like, thank you for filling in the gap, teaching my sons <laughs> things that I couldn't translate to them yep. coming from my platform, like my broken home or whatever. And those coaches just step in and nail it. <laughs> they so. do. It is, it is priceless to a mother to have that, that, extra person helping you try to create these successful adults because that's the bottom line. I mean, how many D1 athletes have you had walk through your system? A handful, handful. but it's Mm -hmm. not every kid. The the true purpose of all of these programs, the true purpose of fairness in women's and girls' sports is to create successful, grown women who carry it on from that point forward. And I mean, that's you just can't put a price on it. No, sports... Definitely teaches life skills, things you'll use your yeah. whole life. and mm-hmm. You know, and I, I believe that that uh, as I'm out there and, and as I advocate for things other than the education field or, you know, the, the schools, I definitely advocate for these other activities. Absolutely, kids that want to be in band and, and all of that. But, but the one thing they don't get the sports provides, you know, is and I'm sure you probably had coaches who list, like I literally have listed my own list of what are the benefits of sports. But you know what I have found to be the biggest benefit uh, and you know of sports. I mean, certainly the confidence that that's that's huge. But conflict resolution, you cannot get conflict resolution in necessarily in band or you know some of these other things like you can in sports. You've got conflict resolution with your teammates, with your coaches, with your opposition, with the referees. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just an when you talk about sports being a microcosm of life, there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. such as that why it is. And so and and you know, I don't expect the kids to just magically gain this understanding. You have to connect the dots. And that's another thing I do. Point it Definitely. out for them and you know, help them out and you know so right because there's that plays over well we got another place so you you learn you got to move on you can't stay stuck in that past that true foul that whatever yeah 
Okay, our whole purpose, Alex and I have designed this podcast because we feel like every person has something that they can share that will benefit everyone else. So what would be the thing that you would tell our listeners, just a life lesson or in all of the, the bridges that you've crossed over in your life, what is the one thing you can share with our listeners that will make a difference for them? Probably the thing that made the biggest difference for me and I, I don't know if it was literally told, told to me or it was just something that was inherent, but I never gave up. I, I, had, a, I had a lot of no's along the way, a ton of no's, a ton of roadblocks, and that's all they are, are roadblocks. You know, they're not definitive stops that, that uh, absolutely define what you can and can't do. If you don't believe in yourself, why should anybody else believe in yourself? So believe in yourself and never give up. I think those would be my life lessons if I had to, you know, pin it down to, uh, a, you know, a couple of words. And on one other thing, there is a higher power. I absolutely believe um, that uh, Heavenly Father is very cognizant of, of us, and, and that has been a huge part of my life and, and the things that I've done and any successes I've had. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you've been able to draw sort power from that source. And yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you never gave up. Yeah. <laughs> Every woman I at think this point. A lot of people I, out there. Yeah. 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 I, I know as a mother, as a woman, as someone who's considered you, like I said, a mentor, I we're so grateful that you never gave up because you have done some amazing things in your life. That's so kind. Thank yes. you guys. Thank you for blessing all the children. And all the sports. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, hey, this is one chance. Um, you can send people to your, like, how can they get a hold of you for camps? How can they follow right. your campaign? Give Shout out your social media. Let's do it. Boy, and I better be better on my social media too. But uh, my website is barbaraehart.com um, or standupidaho.com. Not to be confused with the Stand Up for Idaho. I had it first. <laughs> and then and then you can find me on Facebook, represented Barbara E. Hart, uh, or even my personal one, uh, Barbara E. Hart. So I, I try to be active. I'm trying to get better. You know, I do have an Instagram account, but I don't manage that very well. So That's okay. And I'm if, working if, on it. Uh, parents that are listening want to get their kids involved in your camp? Yeah, parents are listening. Probably the easiest way, the best thing to do is to call uh, Club Apple at uh, 529-8600 and, you know, uh, ask to leave a message for me. And uh, the clinics will be starting the 1st of October. And, uh, you know, we may yet try to do a camp here. I didn't get one done this summer, but, uh, you know, for the kids. So we'll we'll advertise that. Thanks for joining us today, Thank you so much for today. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us today on the WeShare podcast. If you've loved what you've heard, please give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends and share this show. You can also follow us for recipes, lifestyle and fashion tips, book reviews, and more on WeSharePodcast.com. Join our share squad and sign up for our newsletter there. We would love to connect with you. We share on TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram. Give us a follow. A big goodbye squeeze and sending you all our love from Alex and Julie. Join us next week on the WeShare podcast.